chapter 5. And, um, and it's not, those of us who've been in the faith for a number of years, it's not, we've heard so many messages and we've heard so many things taught and preached. Um, but I, I just, again, I think that we're, um, for such a time as this and for different seasons in our lives, it means a little bit more. But I want to just go ahead and because we have people tuning in and out and we have people, so many people coming and going, let me just give a quick, again, some summation, uh, summary of where we've been. You know, blessed supremely blessed, uh, that, that word, makarias, makarias, again, that word, supremely blessed, fortunate, so on and so forth. My brothers and sisters, again, I know I'm repeating, for those of you who've been here every week, thank you for your patience, but for those who have, have just, man, supremely blessed, that blessed, B-L-E-E-S-T, is an archaic word, but that means to be supremely blessed, very well, excellently, to the highest degree. This is the thing that we, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, as God's children, we are blessed by the Most High, by the Most High Authority, by the highest rank. And my brothers and sisters, remember, this is God Himself speaking and saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek. Amen? How we should see ourselves before Christ lights the fire, before He deposits His Spirit in us. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. That's, it's not just to be happy, not just to be glad. This, in, in fact, is how God defines blessed. You're blessed not because we feel good about it, not because we've collected something from it, but because God says you're blessed. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So continuing... Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. This is in light of verse 6. When we're hungering and thirsting after righteousness, this is what happens. This is what happens. We now have the ability to be merciful, which we didn't have before. We now can be pure in heart, first by the blood of Jesus and then pursuing God with all that we are, all that we have. Blessed are the peacemakers. Remember when we, when we studied this one, I think that was the one that we studied last. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the sons of God. And remember, I really think, by the way, I could say this with all confidence, we cannot be the peacemaker that God has called us to be. Oh, we can be diplomats. Oh, and we can maybe, you know, soothe things over. But remember, that word peace is more than just the absence of chaos. Bringing things into uh, its fullness. Making something whole, undivided. Come on, remember that? You cannot, I don't believe that we can be true peacemakers until we have the Prince of Peace inside of us. Until we have the peace of God in us. Remember in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, and seven, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This, my brothers and sisters, is so important to us. If we really are going to be the peacemakers that God has called us to be, if we really are fathers, if we're really going to be the, the bringing and introducing and being the example of the shalom of God in our house, we have to have the shalom of God inside of us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm about to get excited. <laughs> so now watch, my brothers and sisters. I want to go right into the next Beatitudes, but I believe, my brothers and sisters, that there's, a, there's an order here. Uh, again, the peace thing is, is tied to where we're going next. And hopefully you'll see that and it's not just something that uh, because I'm in a season in my life and it me- makes sense to me but not you. Hallelujah. So we're going to begin real quick in Second Peter. It'll be up on the screen. And if there's any mistakes, it's probably me and not Kaysen because I don't know what I sent him. In Second Peter 
Chapter 1, beginning verse 2. 2 Peter 1, 2. And you'll see, uh, my brothers and sisters, uh, as I've put some slides, I'll, I'll put emphasis. I, I see we have guests in here. Thank you so much for coming. And if there's anybody watching online, you'll also see the, uh, the, the slides with the scriptures on them. There's, um, there's highlights that I do, and I do it for a reason. We, teach, we, we don't just preach here. We teach, preach. You're going to hear the word of God, amen, and you're going to understand the word of God, not my word. In 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to submit to you what's just been described there to you involves grace. It's all about grace. Again, backtrack. Grace and peace. Grace, that same word, peace. Irene, same word. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. That means, listen, my brothers and sisters, it's not like what I was taught in one of the churches that I was in, a denominational church. Once you go to God, that's all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. No, sir. Here's part of the reason why I know that. Not just because it says, be ye being filled to replete as we've studied together before, but also I come across a scripture like this says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to people who have already received Christ Jesus. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's grace. We didn't deserve those things, but He gave it to us. Gave us what? His divine power. And because we have His divine power, now we are able to live the eternal life and experience godliness, walk a godly life. Amen? Not graces again. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, i got to say this every time I have the opportunity. Man, I better slow this thing down. Grace is not the safety net. Grace is not permission to continue the life that you led before you came to Christ. In fact, it's totally opposite. Grace is the power to live the life that He wants you to live. More proof. Hallelujah. You don't have to believe me. Let's believe what the Scripture says. Amen? Amen? I just love the Scripture. It makes me right. I'm kidding. As His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, His glory and virtue. We have these things by Jesus Christ. Amen? By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers again of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. My brothers and sisters, if again, you'll see what I have highlighted there. Divine power, divine nature. See, so look, when we're called to be perfect, he means it. Perfect is complete. We know that that's part of that definition of that word, to be complete. But being complete means that we have all of Him that we can have. He's called us to perfection. We do not settle for, well, I have this, you know, I'm, I'm so much different than I used to be, but there's still this one thing. I, no. Don't settle for that. Amen. Don't make excuses for it. And don't try to justify it. Amen? Amen? Why? Because God has something better for you. You have this full potential. Hallelujah. He's given us what we needed to do it. So we are without excuse. Amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. But look at also what I have underlined in that last verse. Escaped the corruption that is in the world through lusts. My brothers and sisters, this is not this the corruption in the world that exists through lusts. 
Again, the enemy of our soul has done what he does through the lust of our own flesh. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Same. Same then, same now. Same. Amen? Amen? So that's why we've been given this. God has blessed us. He's blessed us with what, Tony? This new nature that he's deposited inside of us. Listen, again, there's this fight. There's a war. There's a battle going on inside Tony, right? The old Tony and the Tony that's trying to follow after God. Unfortunately, I still get hungry. Very unfortunately. Especially for chocolate chip ice cream. I buried some this last week. I'm just telling you. Now, I'm, I'm saying that in a light way, but you can understand that's, that's obviously a metaphor for the lust of the flesh that bring, right? Come on. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, these things. There's still some of that inside of me. When I became born again, now all of a sudden, the light bulb went on. I could see things differently. I could see the truth. That, amen, thank you, that we could see the truth now and what we see with our eyes, what we experience in this realm, that's not life. Hallelujah. That's not what God meant it to be. Hallelujah. See, God meant it to be something else, but because of lust and everything, Adam and Eve gave it up. But Jesus got it back. Hallelujah. But God. Hallelujah. But God. Amen? Amen. So now look at uh, Hebrews 4. I'm sorry, Hebrews 3 with me. Uh, And the reason why I'm bringing this up, my brothers and sisters, because those of you who are with us on our uh, adult Bible study on Wednesday, we are studying the book of Hebrews, and we made it to 3. Unfortunately, I had uh, a few verses that we had planned to go through. We go verse by verse uh, on Wednesday nights with our adult Bible study. We also have Zoom for the teenagers. My brothers and sisters, but I couldn't get past this first verse. And, And I think, my brothers and sisters, it ties so closely with where we are right now. In Hebrews 3, it says, Therefore, holy brethren... Partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. I could not get past that on Wednesday. My brothers and sisters, look, that word holy, uh, hagios, sacred, pure, ceremonially washed, blameless, religious. See, my brothers and sisters, consecrated. You've been washed. We've been washed. Those of us who are born again, we've been washed with the blood of Jesus. Right? And not just wash so now we can all go to heaven or we can you know, be saints. No, it's, it's now we have to do that. Be washed. Be saints. Be holy. Amen? Amen? Amen. He's called us to be those things, not just to get it and then, my brothers and sisters, squander it. He called us to do that. And in the Old Testament, when we see, when we see all of those things, how they are ceremonially washed and consecrated, those are signs and those are things. Those, those are metaphors for us. Those are things that those are our example. But here's the thing. You and I, my brothers and sisters, were washed with the blood and we're sanctified by the blood and we receive what we receive by the blood. Amen? But that, does not, that doesn't mean that it's an excuse for us to go ahead and do those things again. Why? How do I know that? Because I'm smart. No, because the Bible, again, I'm repeating a lot of things. If you've been with me for any amount of time, you've heard me say this dozens of times out of 1 John. Out of 1 John. Right? If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My brothers and sisters, that's not a that's not a, 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 I don't know, a, a go get away free card. That, that's not that. See, because he also says, remember John, there, if you read that scripture, if you read that letter to the church, by the way, it's not to sinners. 
That doesn't mean like some celebrity pastor wants to preach and teach that, oh, when John said that, he's speaking about only when we first go to Jesus. No, that's not what he says because John says, if you sin, you're of the devil. He says, that which is born of God does not sin. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, wait a minute. But then he says, if you sin, then confess your... They say there's, again, there's one of those contradictions in the Bible. No. Understand what the apostle is saying, my brothers and sisters. If you're habitually sinning, if you're living that same life, or if you find this habit that's an offense to God and you continue to do it, then you probably aren't born again. Amen? Amen. However, if you miss the mark, if you miss the mark and the Holy Spirit checks you, then you go to him and you say, I'm sorry, Father. Now, I might be the only one in here, so you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. But here's the thing. Since I've been born again, and I know I'm born again, I know that I'm going to heaven. I know that I'm a different person than I was. However, I do also know that I still have to occupy this body. There's still some thoughts. The enemy still tries to get me. I still suffer from the outside, and I have to battle it on the inside. Anybody else? Has anybody else, since they've been born again, missed the mark? Okay, my brothers and sisters, again, I get myself in trouble when I say this with certain people in the church. They think that I'm saying that it's okay to sin. I am absolutely, positively not saying that it's okay to sin. Absolutely not. But even John says, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. But that doesn't give us an excuse to sin. If we, my brothers and sisters, and I I don't know why I'm lingering here. Uh, Maybe there's someone listening because I know there's no one in this room that has a problem with sin right now. So it's probably somebody watching. I'm just saying. (laughs) No, 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 no. Hear me. Listen. So we have. It's it's not my brothers and sisters. This this excuse to sin and and this. If if you're okay with sinning, then you need to become born again. But when you're born again, your goal is now to grow with God, to multiply in grace and peace. Hallelujah. To be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit, to replete, to be running over. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to, uh, blessed are they who, who are poor in spirit. I want to realize how poor, if left to my own devices, how poor in spirit, you know, how I should be mourning over the sin and the sin of the world. I should, how I should be meek. I, I, I want to be that. I don't want to be all proud and boastful and, and think that I'm anything in and of myself. But I need to be hungering, thirsting after righteousness. Yeah. And if I'm hungering, thirsting after righteousness, my brothers and sisters, he says, I'll be filled. Filled with what? His Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to be merciful. I want to be all of these things. But my brothers and sisters, if I'm failing in any of these things, I know whose fault it isn't. And so what I do, my brothers and sisters, I go to him. I messed up. I just talked to someone this week. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Anyway, I've, I've had to talk with a handful of folks about different things, and I've even had to counsel my own self, get counsel from Holy Spirit, because there is something, someone did me wrong, and I, and I was letting it bother me. And so, God, that, that's not acceptable. Yeah, but you didn't lash out. But you, but you didn't, you know, you're, 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 no, 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 wait a minute. 
there's still something in there. Are you with me? Okay, so now that's why I don't have all this church filled because I'm willing to just be transparent with you, I guess, and maybe I'm not qualified. No, I think that that is exactly what qualifies me and you for the things that God has done. Why? Because the minute I think that I've arrived, I'm not growing anymore. The minute that I think that I'm all that, and later, the minute that I think that I'm all that, what happens? I stop being filled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm a... Hallelujah. So look, now we've got this holy brethren. You're called to be separate. You've been consecrated for a reason, for His purpose. Heavenly calling. You've been called. Amen? So look at Romans 1.5 with me. And those of you who were with me on Wednesday, we looked at so many scriptures because of the calling and being holy. But in Romans 1.5-7, it says, Through Him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for His name among whom you are also called of Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. And that word saints is the same Greek word as holy. You are called to be holy, consecrated, set apart for His work. My brothers and sisters, but look at this. It's so important that we understand this. And I don't know that we highlighted this on Wednesday or not. Called of Jesus See, it's not so, so many people think that they're called or they they no. It's it's got it's it, it has to involve Jesus Christ. I can't hear from God unless it's by Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I I'm not hearing God. There's no other holy scripture. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh. That's Jesus. I can't hear God without Jesus. So when I'm called, I'm called of Jesus. Amen. Okay, I'm glad we all agree on that. So now I'm going to continue. Uh, just read, mark this one down. You're familiar with this scripture, but this, I think, might be the last one that I share with you along these lines. Have I confused anybody totally already? Thank God. Romans 8.28, we're all familiar with it, but we're going to go to 30. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called, here's that word, according to His purpose. I'm called to do what He's called me to do, to do what He wants to do, He wants me to do. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. I'm called to look like Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. That He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, these He also called. Whom He called, these He justified. To whom He justified, these He glorified. My brothers and sisters, this speaks to a different... Listen. I think that this all ties together, obviously to be peacemakers. We hear this calling and we have, we're multiplying in grace and peace because of His divine nature. Because we've been set apart and holy and now we have His divine nature, my brothers and sisters. Amen? We're call- we can't serve His purpose without all of that. All of that is working together so that we know who we are in Him. First, who He is who we are in Him, what we are supposed to do in Him. Amen? And I, that Scripture is so, that, that's been so instrumental in my life and a lot of people's lives. But here's what I don't want you to take away from that. Okay, so when someone, uh, um, someone was in a totally bad accident and blah, 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 and, well, brother, all things work together for me. No, that's not the time and place for that. Do you see what I'm saying? Let, let's be wise and let's have wisdom. But, my, but I will say, my brothers and sisters, that those things do happen and God can make something good happen. God can turn around and what we, the mistakes that we've made and the things that the enemy tries to attach, God can turn around and, listen, we have to look for Him. 
we, ha- we, have to, we have to be willing. We have to hear. Oh, come on. Amen. All right. We have to be participants. So now, finally, that was just the, uh, you know, just the introduction. Now we'll get into the message. Okay. <laughs> now we're going back to the Beatitudes, okay? So back to the Beatitudes. And we left number nine. Peacemakers was the last one. So now we're going to ten. So look at that with me. Blessed are those who per- are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they, blessed are you, excuse me, when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. My brothers and sisters, see, the reason why I, I spent so much time and why I wanted to talk to you about the peacemaker part is because then we come right from there to here. And this looks like we're going to have problems. It looks like there are going to be people who are against us, but yet we're called to be peacemakers. How does that work? Glad you asked. Hopefully before we leave, you'll know. (laughs) But if you look at these scriptures, 10, 11, this is really what the world will be to us and what we will be to the world. This is what this is speaking of. So if you look and remember how the, the initial summary, you have the first part, the second part, and the third part. I think it breaks down into about three parts. But this is how the, this is how the world sees us and how we, are, uh, we, should, we should be to the world. Amen? Okay, so now look, again, in that same, I don't want to confuse you, but so I'll jump backwards just a hair. Again, this peacemaker thing and how I believe that all this ties in, especially when you come across these scriptures which tell us that we're going to be reviled, we're going to be persecuted. And how can we make peace? Romans 12, 17 through 21. Please look at it with me. Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Look at 18. Look at verse 18. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. That word peaceably, same as peacemaker. Be a peacemaker with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give, uh, but rather give place... I'm sorry... Do not offend yourselves. Please forgive me. I'm just on fire right now and I'm getting ahead of myself, so please forgive me. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. That's straight out of Proverbs 22. So the apostle is actually quoting the Old Testament. The Old Testament is just as real and relevant for us today as it was for them. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So my brothers and sisters, again, I know I'm just kind of going back to being a peacemaker, but also you'll see the word enemy in there. And I think I've highlighted, yes I did, and you'll see I highlighted enemy in there. And so my brothers and sisters, we have to know, we we have enemies. We're going to have enemies. Jesus knew that. Jesus, in fact, said... They hate me, they hated, they hated me, they're going to hate you. Right? So, so he knew we were going to have enemies. He knew it was going to be uh, tough. Amen? Amen? And so, my brothers and sisters, anybody who has taught in, the, in, in some of these word of faith gurus and all this other gaga false doctrine stuff that says when you're a, a child of the God and you're living in faith, everything is hunky-dory. Nothing could be further from the truth. This Bible does not say that. I don't know of any more demonstration of faith on earth than Jesus. Amen. Everything he, he said it. I say the things my Father wants me to say. I do the things my Father wants me to do. When he went into the wilderness, remember when he was tested? Amen. Here's what the Word of God says. This is what I'm standing on, devil. Okay, there was no more. And they killed him. 
And he said that that's how it's going to be. So uh, you could throw the word of faith message away. It's false teaching. It's false doctrine. What about the apostles? After they were baptized with the Holy Ghost, after Acts chapter 2, first they were afraid. They thought that they were next. Before the same people that crucified Jesus and spoke the gospel. Amen? That's faith. And they paid for it, didn't they? So my brothers and sisters, what am I saying? Okay, if you think, young people especially, if you think and if you oh, become a Christian and everything is sunshine and lollipops, no. No, you have an enemy. His name is Satan. You have an enemy, my brothers and sisters. And his whole goal is to watch, to really just totally mess up the image of God. He wants to rule something. And his goal is to really mess up God's image so he can rule over us. Amen? And he's done it in so many areas. Amen? I don't want to go there. That'll take me home. But, so, but my brothers and sisters, because we have an enemy and because Jesus said, love your enemies, because, listen, because the scripture says, my brothers and sisters, that, look, look if your enemy is hungry, feed him. We've we got to make sure that we understand enemy, what, what that's all about, what it means. Amen? Okay, so we have to define... In Luke... His disciples as he sent them out. Now, not just to the original apostles. This was the same when he sent out, when he sent them out. Were, did they have a real? Did they have a phobia about, about insects back then? No, he's speaking about demons. He's speaking about demonic forces. Amen, amen, amen. So, my brothers and sisters, this there 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 is a true enemy. There is a true enemy, and there are forces that are in this earth that are designed to get you and I to really mess up the image of God. It's about you and I. We are the ones that are created in God's image. We are His image bearers. We are the truth tellers. So, my brothers and sisters, you have an enemy. And the enemy, again, appeals to our own lust, the fleshly lust. The enemy has done a great job in getting so many people, even in the church, worshiping demons. How do we do that? Anything, my brothers and sisters, that occupies your time and attention becomes an idol. When you're worshiping an idol, I'll guarantee you there's a demon involved in it. Guaranteed. Oh, so now, you know, this is what, I don't want to scare you all. This is one of those churches that, oh, there's a demon around. No, I, I don't sweat them. But we have to know who our enemy is. Because here's the thing. In this country, in this world, in Western cultures, they're trying to get us against each other. They're trying to make me believe that... Um, Catherine, my sister from another mother, is my enemy because her skin color is, is lighter than mine. She says she's going to hurt me because she's... Right? 
So they're trying to get you, me, we to look at something or somebody and identify them as our enemy so that we're divided and that therefore when we're divided we're conquered and that's what this is all about. The churches have been divided for years. Baptist, Methodist, Baptist. Come on. Paul wrote a whole letter to a church and said, this is not of God. You guys aren't spiritual. You guys are acting like mere men. You're recognizing this teacher, that teacher, the other teacher. God is one. You're acting like mere men. You should be spiritual. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. That's why, my brothers and sisters, it's, it's for me, it's about the Scripture. What does the Scripture say? So now we're going to go forward again. Again, now remember, we're trying, it's important that we define our enemy. Who's our enemy? In Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. For he himself is our peace, Jesus, who made us both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Let me give you a little bit of context here. So now the apostle is talking initially now, or partially about, my brothers and sisters, the believers that were the Jews and the believers that are a Christian. And so that middle, see, there was enmity between, right? There used to be, right? Come on now. The Gentiles were the non-believers. The non-Jews were looked at as dogs. They were looked at as dirty, as filthy. But now the, the apostle is exclaiming or proclaiming to the church, we're one in Christ. That wall has been taken down. So again, now with that uh, as your um, uh, commentary here, verse 15, having abolished it in his flesh, abolished his, in his flesh the enmity, the opposition that is, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinance so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Thus making peace. God, the ultimate peacemaker. Are you with me? Amen. Come on. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and those who were near, meaning the Gentiles and the Jews, that through him both we, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now again, remember because we all studied uh, Corinthians. My brothers and sisters, remember God was in Christ reconciling the world and now we've each been given the ministry of reconciliation. Amen? So, so we're bringing this, we're breaking down the wall. See, the wall, just as the wall of, of opposition or enmity, the wall that divided, the wall that made us in opposition one to another as it relates to Gentiles and Jews, that wall's been broken down. Because Jesus broke the wall down. Everybody, my brothers, the new covenant applies to everybody. And so now here we are, children of God, reconciling the world back to God. The same work that Jesus did, now do, He's doing through us. Amen? Amen? I know you know that. But now look at James with me. James chapter 4, beginning verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Okay, who's he talking to? He's talking to the church. He's talking to the church. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? I want what makes me happy. I want what brings me pleasure now. I'm not really that as concerned about the one next to me or the one down the street or whatever. I want what brings me pleasure, what makes me happy in this moment. Do you see my brothers and sisters? He's talking to Christians. Is he saying that you're not born again? You need to get saved. No. He's saying you need to be careful of this. You need to watch this. 
Are you more concerned with pleasures? Is that causing you to be crossways with your neighbor, with your relative, with whoever? Are you, um, are you coveting what they have? Are you um, maybe a little bit jealous about the status? Maybe you're a little bit jealous about what God is doing in their life. Are, are you with me? You lust and you don't have. You murder and covet. Do you really think that he's talking about physical murder? No, I don't think he is. I think this goes back to what Jesus said. You know what? You've, it's been written. You shall not kill. You shall not commit murder. I say that when you get so mad at somebody that you defame them and you let something, you let a hatred, a hatred speech come across your lips to her, you've already done it. This is what he's talking about. We need to be very careful, my brothers and sisters, about what we say about other people. We need to be very careful about what we say, but more importantly, remember, if you don't say it, but you have that venom inside of you, you need to be careful. You need to go to God. Amen? Amen? If you have that venom, if you, I'm telling you, this speaks to this. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. You fight and war. Yet you do not, do not have. Hallelujah. You, have, you do not have, you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. You have not because you don't ask. But then when you do ask, you ask for the wrong thing because now you're not asking according to the Spirit of God inside of you. Now you're asking according to your own spirit because according to your own lust and flesh. Has that happened to anybody in this room? Yeah. So my brothers and sisters, is this, is this meant to be you, 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 get it right? No. This is meant to be, do you really want to be strong in the Lord? Do you really want to, do you really want to be serving the Lord? We need to be careful of these things and we need to identify the real enemy. Your brother, your sister who's doing well in the church, they're not your enemy. Your brother, your sister who's doing, not doing so well in the church, they're not your enemy. Come on. Listen, I've got a lot of pastor friends in this area uh, who some have big churches and some have small churches. And yeah, I wish I had more people in the church, but then sometimes I'm glad I don't, to be quite honest with you. But my brothers and sisters, here's one thing that I do know, that there are a group of men, a men of God, a group of pastors, who we get together and we get together, it's, it, it's you know, who, who has the biggest show, who says, it's just love in the Lord. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, I'm, I'll be honest with you. There are, there are ministers, there are people who look down upon me because I have a small church. I, it's okay. I mean, it is what it is. It used to bother me, but thank God he's working something out in me. It doesn't bother me anymore, and I could have fellowship with them. But my brothers and sisters, I will tell you this. Those same people who are involved in other ministries, when they need something, you know who they call? You. Us. Seriously. So, is that? No. No. Hallelujah. 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 Because my brothers and sisters, they're, they're not my enemy. They're not your enemy. Thank you, Lord. Right? Hallelujah. We need to make sure that we define who the enemy is. Hallelujah. Adulterers, verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Okay, so now here's what we need to know. When we start being friendly with the world we're putting ourselves at enmity with, the, with God. I don't want to be at enmity with God. Okay? All right, let me go on, because I, 
Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Come on. So now, if I'm so, Pastor, that doesn't make. You just said you know, we, we, we make mistakes and this and that. My brothers and sisters, when we, as soon as we settle in our minds, in our hearts, when we're gathered, if I have someone who's professing Christianity but they're living a life like the devil and they will not take instruction, there's something has to be done. You can't just make believe that it's not happening, and because they're setting themselves up as an enemy of God. Now, I'm going to. With everything that's in me, be, be at peace. Make peace. However, the Bible also says very specifically about us, if we see somebody in sin, we're supposed to go to them. Now, my brothers and sisters, not everybody who names the name of Jesus is your brother or sister. And so that is something that needs to be made clear. I'm not going to... If someone has professed with their mouth, but they're living a total life that's out there, there's going to come a point in here somewhere where I have to recognize they're more into being into the world than they are in the church. Probably not a brother or a sister. They're the enemy of God. Now, does that make them my enemy and that's it? I'm not... No. 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 We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The enemy is the power that's influencing them. Come on. So now, all of a sudden, i got to fight the battle this way. My God and my Father. Come on. He's given us spiritual weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for pulling down strongholds. Amen? This person, your relative, you're this person that... It might be a loved one, but they just will not follow God. This person is not your enemy. The power behind them is the enemy. So now, it's time that we fight spiritually, because that enemy is a spiritual enemy. Fight the spiritual battle. Amen? Amen. Glad you agree. So now let's go back. Back to uh, Matthew 5. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In Timothy, when Paul is writing to Timothy, he makes this statement in 2 Timothy 3.12. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will Suffer persecution. He doesn't say may, might, might, will. If you desire to live closely, seeking, hungering, and thirsting after righteousness, you're going to suffer persecution. I'm going to tell you guys something. Nine times out of ten, I'm just telling you, it's going to be somebody who is in your family or somebody who you've grown up with or someone who just, you know, they, they don't, they, they don't, have what you have. They don't understand where you are and they're going to be resentful or whatever. You think you're better than us now? I've heard these things. You think you're better than us now? Or you think, you know, uh, come on. Man, I, when, when we try to keep our kids in private school, we heard some, from some family members. Oh, public school is fine. Really? What are you thinking now? What do you think now? Come on, my brothers and sisters, these things are very specific. Now, I don't care. Listen, I didn't bring that up to, to, to point fingers at anybody or anything. This is an example. Now, if you, if, again, this is, it may be a silly example, but please bear with me. Maybe you're the type of person who thinks the public school is okay as long as I, okay, that's fine for you. That's, that's up to you. But don't get mad at me and don't throw stones at me and don't... At me when I want to send my kids to private school. Come on. See? But you're going to suffer. Why? Because they don't want to do it or they don't. Oh, come on. 
And there's worse things. You guys know this. We know when, when we're teenagers and we're young people and even the not-so-young people, you know what? In opposite-sex relationships, there's that pressure for a physical relationship. And if you don't, uh, you're going to be laughed at, persecuted, mocked. Come on. And I'm not just now going to talk to the younger crowd. Or it's, it's, it is pervasive in the culture. And so if you're not participating in it, but my brothers and sisters, you know, well, what are you, this uh, goody two-shoes? You're this holy roller? Or no, you're going to be made fun of You're going to be mocked. But you're part of a different kingdom. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. You operate under a different set of guidelines, different laws, different rules. When the law is telling us that it's passed in at least three Three states, I believe, right now. If I'm wrong, don't send me any letters. I'm not going to be that wrong. Uh, there's about three states right now where they've changed the rules as it relates to uh, child abuse. So now, if your minor child wants to get uh, gender uh, operations and all, get the gender change and everything, and you prevent them, child abuse. If, you're, if your daughter wants to get an abortion and she's a minor and you stop it, that's child abuse. That's, listen, I'm not making that up, folks. I hope you look it up and, and, and then and tell me I'm a liar. Because I'm not lying. But my brothers and sisters, so, so what does that have to do with where we are? My brothers and sisters, we have to stand against that. It's not just, well, not in my house. No, you have to publicly not be afraid. I'm not saying go down to the abortion clinics with a pitchfork. And a, and a, I'm not, no, I'm not saying that. But when you have an opportunity in public, when people ask you, when you vote... How can you vote for somebody who says they want to expand killing babies? You're going to have to answer for that. But now, if you in your community come out and say that you know this is wrong, blah blah blah, bbb, you know you're going to be persecuted. Now, here's the other thing I'm going to tell you: <clears throat> there are people in this. I'm just going to say I really do believe in my heart that there's a good chance that. If I don't die pretty soon, or if the Lord don't split the sky pretty soon, I may go to jail for preaching the gospel. That's, That's going to happen here. I'm telling you it's going to happen here. Do you know, my brothers and sisters, that right now they've expanded the definition of a white Christian nationalists or nationalists, Christian nationalists. You know, you know what they've expanded it to now? And they've deemed them as um, domestic terrorists. I'm telling you this truth, Okay. You, you, if you don't believe me, I hope you look it up. And if I'm wrong, I'll read it. Listen. They've expanded to believe that if you're a conservative Christian, if you believe the Word of God and you're living your life according to the Word of God, you're a, you're a Christian nationalist. Hmm. And they always throw the word white in there just for a good, I don't know, just to get everybody mad at everybody else. So, I know this sister. Come here. Hurry up. Hurry up. <laughs> Listen, I know this sister. And see, I am darker than her. <laughs> but, but I know this sister, okay? And I know that she believes this Bible, you see. Now, hmm, is she a white Christian nationalist? Don't you look at me like that. No, but do you understand what I'm saying? No, she'll be called something else. And she will suffer persecution. So, my brothers and sisters, this isn't relegated to white people. 
or Europeans or people that have my skin tone. This is going to be to everybody. Everybody who calls Jesus Christ Lord, bah, who acts like Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. You can go sit down there. <laughs> All right. I expect you to come up to the altar of prayers. You should. Hallelujah. So my brothers and sisters, look, I, I know I'm going a little bit long. Just bear with me a little bit. I just Okay, so this is coming. It's it's here. My brothers and sisters, we need and, and look at this is why I preach intensely. This is why I tell you these things. I want you to be ready for this. Because I'm telling you what's going to happen. God is separating the contenders from the pretenders. You can't name the name. See, you, we can't be, you know, uh, honoring him with our lips, but have our hearts far from him. Our hearts are going to be tested, and it's going to be tested in the way that he's describing right here. You're going to, you're, you're going to be persecuted. Look at verse eleven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you, and say all kind of evil things falsely against you. I, I, want, I highlighted that falsely. I, my brothers and sisters, you're not blessed when they're talking about you when it's true. I'm telling you. See, you can't go ahead and claim the name of Jesus, go ahead and live in one foot in and one foot out, and then we'll have somebody uh, say some bad stuff about you and say, well, you see, I'm a, don't you just persecute me because I'm a Christian. No, they're not. It's true. You're not blessed. You're blessed when they're doing it, and it's, come on. Amen. When they're saying something about you that's totally untrue. If they're saying something about you and it's true, you've got to own it. And you're not blessed. Know when you're blessed after you own it and ask for forgiveness, and then you'll be blessed. Amen. So let me let me go, let me like hang on that for just a minute. They revile you. They reper- they persecute you. Revile. Know what that means? Revile. They're going to speak against you. They're going to speak hatred toward you. They're going to they're going to tell lies about you, right? They're going to they're going to just attach stuff to you that doesn't belong, and they're just going to be just hatred, vile speech about you or toward you. Amen. Listen, I'm going to read something to you. Just hang on. I'm going to read something to you. Christ suffered for us. This is 1 Peter 2, beginning verse 21. Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. Do you see that? That's an, and and what, what did Peter say? What did the Holy Spirit say through Peter first? He's our example. So that means when they're yip-yapping about you, shut up. You know what? You want to say something? Say it to God. Amen? Amen. When he, excuse me, when he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges, amen, righteously. So watch. I don't, I, I, I don't think you can't live in this life very long and not have somebody say something bad about you or something that's not true about you. I, I, it's just human nature. Is that right? Okay. So it's human nature and it's prodded by the enemy of our soul. That's the way it goes. In the newspapers and on TV and on the internet and all this stuff, there are so many lies being thrown out out there right now. You don't know which is true. I know this is the only truth that I could depend on. So watch. God, this is the... I'm not going to revive that. It's starting to well up in me. That New Jersey is coming... Mm. That, that Italian is just coming up in me right now. That stuff I, thought, I, I was taught when I was younger before anybody knew Christ, that's coming up. Father, in Jesus' name. Your spirit. Lord, please take this from me. I know that I'm not supposed to feel this way. Thank you, Lord, for controlling my mouth. But, Father, I, I, I need you to take control more of my heart. So I give more of my heart to you. And in this moment, Lord, I want to lift them up to you. It's hard for me to lift them up. It's hard for me to forgive them, Lord. But I can only do it with your power. So please, I'm begging you for your power and your strength in this weakness. My brothers and sisters, that works. 
It works. It really does. But you've got to mean it with your heart. You got to listen. You have to be willing to submit to God, right? What does the scripture tell us? Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. The first thing that has to happen is you have to submit to God. You can't resist the devil on your own. You have to be submitted to God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So look at verse 12 of chapter 5. Rejoice, be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Philippians, listen, Philippians 3, I'm trying to go a little bit faster. Philippians 3, rejoice in Christ and have no confidence in the flesh, though I also may have confidence in the flesh. Okay, I'm giving you context now, right? This is the Apostle Paul. Right? And right after he says this, you know, Pharisee of Pharisees, he's given all of his credentials. You know, how, how if you were going to be able to brag in the flesh, there's nobody better than him. What tribe he's from and all this other stuff. Watch. In verse 10, you jump down, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of from the dead. My brothers and sisters, do you see what the Apostle Paul is saying here? Look, if we just looked at personal credentials, if we just looked at all of that, there's no one, man, I got so much to brag about. And, and I was such a zealot for God, for the things of God, I was killing the church. But all of those things were so, so valuable to me, I count as dung. They're just trash. It's garbage to me. For what? For the excellency of being a Christ follower. And then I, I want to suffer with him. Why? Because when I suffer with him, then I'm in, more in communion with him. Come on. See, I, that's not natural for me. It's not, is it natural for you? Do you want to suffer? No. None of, us in, none of us wants people to hate us. None of us wants people to talk bad of us. None of us wants any of those things. We, you know, generally speaking, I think most people want to avoid confrontation and contention. But this is what the Word says. When you are a child of God, when you're doing it the right way, these things are going to come at you. Amen? But look at what he says. In light of all of that, I, I, please, I know I'm long. Just give me ten minutes maybe. I'm not going to promise, but give me ten minutes. <laughs> Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kind of evil against you, falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for this great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know the first prophet that came to my mind when I thought of this? John the Baptist. Because he was the greatest among all the prophets. That's what Jesus said about him. Now he stood up and was arrested and killed. So now look at 13 with me, continuing. See, now look, in, in light of everything we've done, how we see ourselves, how the world... So this is, how, this is God's purpose and God's view of us in this world. Are you with me? You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. Put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen? So, Zach, come here. Need you to help me out. Taste that. I promise I didn't put poison in it. I'm just promising. Yeah, we're not going to bring out the snakes and we're not going to prove to you that we're Pentecostal or anything like that. Look look at his face. He's nervous. (laughs) It doesn't taste like that. It's poison. (laughs) 
salty. Nice face. What is it? It's salty. Salty. Yeah. They look exactly the same, but my brothers and sisters, the salt. You can thank you, Zach. I appreciate it. <laughs> I know I made him a little nervous. My brothers and sisters, look. You, you, do you see? Well, I'm going to go back. But if salt loses its flavor, how should it be seasoned? What good is it? What, what, what does it provide? If salt loses its flavor, what does it actually provide? It's good for nothing, but it's thrown and trampled underfoot. My brothers and sisters, look. You see what that's saying? You and I cannot lose our flavor. We, we, we are flavored. We are seasoned by the Spirit of God. And, and God has called us, listen, two things. Number one, Number one, we're reconciled in the world back to him. We're showing his flavor. We're his revelation. We are the salt. We're the preserver. Right now, my brothers and sisters, this world is hanging on because you and I are still here. That's why when Jesus comes and gets us out of here, then the wrath of God starts being poured out on this earth. We're preserving it right now. We're the only thing that's... Thessalonians, the thing that's holding us back is the church. Amen? But the church is going to be tested. So my brothers and sisters, when the rapture takes place, I'm a pre-trib guy, man. I'm just telling you. Because He hasn't appointed you and me to wrath. says so in the Scripture. When His wrath is upon this earth, we're out of here. So my brothers and sisters, look. We're holding it back. First, He's going to shake the church. Right? The church can't be shaken. But those who are not of the church are going... See, my brother, you cannot lose your flavor. Keep your flavor. Continue to read, study, and live what you're reading and studying. And when they try to shut you up, you don't have to get a sign or a lawyer. Just keep speaking, keep living your life. As much as it depends on you, be a peacemaker. But man, you just never compromise the Word of God. You never shut up about the Word of God. My brothers and sisters, you cannot lose your flavor. You are seasoned. You are seasoning. You are seasoned by God to be seasoning on this earth. You are the preserver. You are the preserver of your family. You are the one that's holding it together right now. Don't be discouraged. When they come to you and people are reviling you and people in your own family, people who you've helped, when they revile you, when they say something about you to you, it doesn't matter. Listen, don't revile back. Jesus is our example. Hush. Hush. Go to God. Tell God. But you are salt. My brothers and sisters, listen, if you revile back, you lost your flavor. You lost your flavor. You lost your ability to preserve. Anth, hit the lights. The darker it gets, the brighter this gets. Have you noticed that? I'm a Christian in my heart. Come on. Have you heard that? Yes. Oh, inside. Yeah, I'm a Christian in my heart. Listen, if you're a Christian in your heart, then you're going to be a Christian outside. Because what's the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So you can't say you're a Christian in your heart, but no one ever knows. Do people around you know that you are an on fire, sure enough, believer in Christ Jesus? Yeah. If they don't, you can't put it under a basket. And my brothers and sisters, in this day and age, where we're living right now, they're encouraging all of us to put it under a basket. You get to the lights. Thank you. They're encouraging all of us right now to put it under a basket. We're getting the strobe effect over there in case Zach wanted to dance. He was, he's ready to go. <laughs> Listen. Listen, the world is encouraging us to lose our flavor. Tone it down. 
You could say inside the four walls, but that's it. The world is encouraging us. All right, let's, let's put that light under a basket. My brothers and sisters, this scripture is telling you and I something totally different. Should we believe men? Should we believe God? What do you think? Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. I, I apologize for going a little bit long, but I, I, I just wanted to make sure we got all there. So my brothers and sisters, look. It's late. The Baptists have already beat us to the <laughs> restaurants. You're going to get, you know, so we might as well do this. Listen, I, I, I really, we started with prayer. I want to end with prayer. But here's the thing. Listen, the, I, you could come up here. I, I, I wish you would. If we want to pray together, let's, let's pray together. That would be fantastic. But look, here's what we're, what are we praying for? My brothers and sisters, if you know that there's, a, there's an issue in your life, there's something that you don't feel pressure. Don't feel pressure. You come here if you want to. Don't feel pressure. If you need to sit, there's seats in the front. But look, is there a, is there a pressure point? See, I, 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 that word just comes out now. But is there a pressure point in your life? Is there someone in your life who you're ashamed to be a Christian around? Is there someone in your life that you are a little bit less boisterous about your walk with God because you're afraid of what they might think or what they might say? Is it someone from your past? Someone from your present? Is it an employer? Is it What is it? Who is it? Amen? Is there something that you haven't been able to let go yet? Is there someone, if I do this, if I commit to this, then I'm going to have to make a decision about this person. My brothers and sisters, there is nobody... No one, let me say, that is more important to you, to me, to us, to we right now than Jesus. And here's the thing. If we're in love with that person so much, then that's all the more reason why we need to get a hold of Jesus, serve him with all we are, so that when we go to the ground, when we go to the mat for that person, Jesus hears us. Amen. 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 So I think I've covered a handful of things. But because I don't know everybody here, certainly don't know everybody that's watching, I want you to understand something totally and completely. The Bible says that you must, must, must be born again. That doesn't mean you go to an altar someplace and ask Jesus into your life. It means that you go and you acknowledge that you are a sinner and you need to be cleaned by the blood of Jesus. You know that you are a sinner. And it doesn't matter how big or how small you think the sin is. It's a sin. It is reprehensible to God. And it's separating you. And you don't ask Jesus to come into your life. You ask Jesus for forgiveness for your sin, to clean you, and now you give Him your life. That's being born again. So if you haven't done that yet, my brothers, my sisters, my brothers, my sisters, soon to be brothers and sisters, because you're not. This could be the day. This could be the moment. Holy Spirit may be tugging on your heart right now. And if you're getting mad at me, that's the enemy. Yes. That's, that, let's recognize that enemy. That's the enemy. And we come against it right now, Lord. Mm, hallelujah. The Lord rebuke you. Yes. You are the enemy of God. The Lord rebuke you. 
that person who is being prompted by, in their hearts by Holy Spirit right now, Jesus is calling. He's calling you to the newness of life. You, don't long, you no longer have to be oppressed. You no longer have to be subject to who thinks what of you. Just God. Amen? Amen. And those of us who are born again and just have those little knick-knack issues. Lord God, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that because of your blood, we can come right now in the presence of our Father who loves us and wants what's best for us, who's already provided everything. And we confess to you, Lord, that we may have been shy in an area. We may have thought more about what man was thinking about us in that moment than you. So, Lord, forgive us. Lord, we may have had that moment where we allowed ourselves a little bit of pride or, or you know, we, we allowed ourselves justification for feeling the way we felt about someone else or whatever the case may be. Lord, we, we violated your statutes. We violated, Jesus, your heart, your example. Lord, help us in each and every area, whatever is represented right here at this altar. Or maybe, Lord, there are some right now at this altar who are standing in the gap because they have a loved one or they have someone that you've allowed to be in their atmosphere who is in need of someone to raise a standard for them. Jehovah Nissi, our victory. Amen? So, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you've done and everything that you're about to do. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making all of this possible. And now again, Lord, as we walk, as we leave, I pray that you would give each of us a new measure of faith, a new measure of Holy Spirit to let us walk in this newness of life that can only be provided and through you. In your name, Jesus, amen Amen. and amen. Let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God